Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Fundamentals and OKC UK podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Snowden, the founder of OKC UK. And it's a very special edition of the podcast this week. It's our 25th episode, which is crazy to think that we're still going and people want to listen to us after so many episodes and the amount of viewers that we started with. So if you're still here listening to us, thank you very much. Joining me this week, as always, is Janelle Taylor. How are you this week, Janelle? Uh, not too bad, to be honest. I can't believe it's 25 already. I think we probably should have got a cake or something like that, you know, it's like commemorate the occasion. But no, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty good this week. I think things have been good. Yeah, I would have got a cake, but I'm not for sharing it. And obviously you'd have to come and collect it as well. It's a long way to go for a bit of cake, in it? And I'd have to send it out to Brandon in Oklahoma. But be a long way for a slice of cake. And then also joining us is Mr. Harry Collins. How are you, Harry? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm very good. It's been a long time, been a good few weeks since I've been on. So I'm looking forward to tonight's podcast. Talk OKC. Be good. Yeah, man, it's always good. And I feel I feel there's a lot to talk about, but not a lot to talk about at the same time. It's been an interesting couple of weeks since we last recorded, which has been two weeks. Um, so Obviously, we always start off talking about the last couple of games that since the last recording, but we kind of faded away from talking about each game step by step. It's kind of been more of a what have you learned, what have you hated from the past stretch of games. And for me personally, it's it's been a tough watch at times, but it's also been a good watch at times. Obviously, SGA's carried on his role. He seems to really enjoy uh, being snubbed from the All-Star game and showing everyone that he should be there because he'd done exactly the same last year. And then we've had uh, some really good minutes from Theo Maladon. We've had exceptional minutes from Poku in the starting. I've been really excited about him from the last couple of weeks. Um, consistency on some of the players is certainly getting there. And then there's been a few issues with me. Uh, Perimeter D, I think, has been it's been fairly shocking recently. But you got to remember, we've, we're missing players like Lou Dort and Kenny Hustle. So the lack of experience on the perimeter is worrying. And then when you come up against the Minnesota team like we did the other night, that was just dropping everything from three. It was a crazy watch. But especially when they were having insane shots going, that had no right to go in whatsoever. But the, perim- the perimeter Ds worried me slightly. But as I said, we've, with us missing a couple of players, only having like nine players fit the last couple of games it's, it's kind of expected um, Janelle we'll start with you how have you seen the last stretch of games what have you been impressed with and what's worried you I mean like you I feel like we kind of have to start with the perimeter defence so in the last two games I think the Thunder have allowed 45 makes from downtown which is an unbelievable number when you think about it I think they gave up 23 Three in the Minnesota game, 22 in the Utah game. Some of it is just fantastic shot making, particularly for Minnesota. They had some absolutely wild ones that went in and you have to tip your hat to that. But then I think with some of it, it's like almost like two components to it. It's that like the Thunder kind of lost their way a little bit. They seem to not mentally reset and they were kind of a bit broken down by the shots that kept on going in. The morale seemed to drop and the players weren't resetting. And obviously that doesn't help because defence, you have to have a short-term memory. And then the other part of it is, is that with the Thunder, you know, with Dort being out, who's like the point of attack defender. And then you've got JRE who's been missing, who is very much the organiser, calls everything out, communication. 
the Thunder's communication has been a bit lax, which means we've seen rotations not be as timely as they would usually be. The contests have largely been down. And the Thunder have given up easier opportunities on the perimeter rather than just sort of doing what they did in the past where it was pretty much watertight. It, it's a bit of a worry for me. Uh, in terms of the people I think have played really have played well, Shea's been fantastic, but Popashevsky, man, he's doing the things that we want him to do, but he's cut out the mistakes. He's not doing stupid shit anymore. And that's an encouraging sign to see for a player who's in, still in his second year in the league and he's still incredibly young. Yeah, that just to quickly go back to that Minnesota game, how many baskets obviously Timberwolves were making from three? We had so many shots that were going in and out as well, which made it even more frustrating. Um, it's certainly been crazy to see. And I've, I've just realised we're talking about the last stretch of games and there's one player we haven't mentioned so far, but I know for a fact Mr. Collins in the corner would like to talk about him. And I'm sure he knows exactly who I'm on about, Mr. Isaiah Roby. Yeah, Isaiah Roby, what can you say? He's He's been out the last few games, but since the All-Star break, he, just in general this season, he's not been given the minutes I think he deserves. He comes on and he, he he just acts like the most professional player on the court. Like he knows what he's doing at all times. He can shoot, he can drive, he can do everything. And the Thunder need that because we, we, we don't have a centre on our team. We have Derek Favors, but he... We don't want him in the future. So with Isaiah Roby only being 24, he could be our centre for the for the next few years. And I don't know why Mark's not really giving him the minutes, um, the minutes he deserves apart from these last few games. But when he's been given the minutes, he's been proving why he deserves them all. And the last few stretches, the last stretch of games, I've honestly, this season, I've had the most fun watching OKC basketball since the All-Star break. I've really enjoyed the way we've played. Um, yeah, like you said, the Minnesota game, we allowed so many threes. Same with the Utah same with the Utah game. Um, Bogdanovich just couldn't miss a three. Um, but the thing with the Utah game, I'm not too upset with because Utah are known for having that beautiful ball movement. I think there was about five or six threes in that Utah game where our help had just got shattered the amount of time it just got passed around the court and it was just like a corner three or like three four line extended three but other than that I'm really I'm really happy with how we played as a team and players like Poku, Isaiah Roby, Shea playing unbelievably well as well. Yeah shout out to Quinn Snyder as well I thought he was exceptional in that game against us he, he led the team very well he's one of those coaches I just look at and I want to hate him but I, I do think he's a very underrated coach um yeah, Roby's been exceptional. Had two great games in a row. Was outstanding against Jokic, which I'm pretty sure he'd done either earlier in this year or done last year, which obviously he just seems to have Jokic's number uh, more recent than not. Um, so I wanted to talk about a bit more in depth for Poku this week because, again, since the All-Star break, he's been given more minutes. He had a couple of starts recently. East. You see it all over Twitter. Fans are starting to get excited by, and I quote, so many of them are saying, the quote, he's starting to look like an actual NBA player now, which I think is a bit harsh to turn around and say he's looking like an actual NBA player. But he's certainly looking a lot more the part and a part of the team going forward, like reason for you to be excited, which is, I think it's a lot what the fan base needed from him 
based on how he started this year. Obviously, we've spoken numerous times that myself who wanted to draft him was getting a bit worried about him. But his defensive work is outstanding. He's getting to the same point as Bayes in terms of how underrated on defence. I still don't think Bayes gets talked about enough on D. Um, Kenny Hustle doesn't. And then I think Poku doesn't now. I think he has been exceptional on the defensive end. He can still do more offensively, but that's going to come in time. His shot, I still don't think so. But Harry, we'll come back to you. Poku, surely you've been impressed. Yeah, I have. The main thing I like about Poku as well is no matter, before the All-Star break, his confidence was really low, but he was still shooting a lot of shots. Um, but since the All-Star break, he's been playing with with the with some great confidence. The, the 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 game, what was it? The first two games after the All Star break, he didn't really play that much. I think he played let me um, nineteen minutes, but then he put up thirteen points in both of them nineteen minute games with shooting ten shots. So I like the fact that he shoots the ball even when he's not on the court for very long. But yeah, he's been playing really well. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a guy who's oozing a bit of confidence at the minute. When me and Janelle have said numerous times over the course of the seeing season, confidence is Poku's biggest trait, whether he has it or whether he does, doesn't. If he has confidence, same as what he did when he came back from the G League last year, he was playing with confidence. We saw a good stretch. If he's without confidence, he worries and he's constantly looking at the bench. But Janelle, how have you found Poku recently? I mean, I think with his... Defense, even like if we talk, look at if we look at last year, you go back and look at the film, you can always see that he had a brain for defense, he knew the right rotations to make. And if you look generally, he was very consistent with the rotations that he made. And he would always get big, make himself big, wall off the paint, any driving lanes. And like he wouldn't always get stopped, but he would force the opposing team to think and to consider what they actually want to do on the offensive end of the floor. The big issue was that last year he wasn't strong enough. He lacked in terms of core strength and in terms of his ability to actually be able to take contacts. This year, he's got a bit better with that. So now when he's actually standing there on the perimeter and he's actually playing help defence, he's able to be a bit quicker, he's a bit stronger, he takes contacts a bit better and he's able to stay with his man. He's not just shot off the ball. And I would also say this on the offensive end. His shot is still needs some work. I actually think his motion is not that bad. It's a bit flat. It's a bit sort of line drive for my liking. It's not that bad. but he's become a lot better being able to put the ball on the floor and understand that he's incredibly lengthy. He's got athleticism from real touch in terms of finishing around the rim. He seems to have recognised that if I can get to the rim, I've got a good chance of actually getting the score here in an efficient area of the floor. And he's putting the ball on the floor a lot more, which I like because he's putting, he's either going to get a score at the rim or he's going to play, place pressure on the defence and force them to bring another defender over and that's going to create space for other players on the team. I think with Poku, his just his understanding of the game seasons have improved. He's always had feel, but now he seems to be applying it sort of game after game, and he seems to be getting more comfortable out there. Yeah, hundred percent. I I do I do look at Poku a lot and just think if he just had his shots already, there's potential for another not as good but another Kevin Durant in terms of someone who can shoot over their matchups with ease. But obviously that that's that potentially comes with time. But it's just an exciting thought process to have someone who's seven foot playing at a three, which he has been playing recently. And but, go on. I was gonna say with that defensive point, he's very good for 
for his age. He's, you got to remember, he's only, what, 20? And when you see that ball on the inside, he's always there. He may not get the stop because he's so much like so much weaker and not as strong as, let's say, Jokic or Towns. But he's always there, ready to help. Like in the Minnesota game, I think he had two blocks early early doors where he, where he was on that help side and he just swatted away Towns a, f- a couple of times. It was a, maybe a goaltend, but he was still there affecting the shot. Which I really, which I really like about him, considering he's only twenty years old. Yeah, I have said numerous times that I do really like Poku's positioning. He is very wise, as Janelle said a minute ago. He's he's had that since last year. He's he's pretty much switched on uh, defensively. So it's, it's it's kind of a similar trait to some of the other players on the team, where the defensive work is there. Just got to work on the offensive end. But um, one thing I that's think- really important. I think Coach Dags deserves a lot of credit for how he's taught sort of weak side help, particularly when it comes to rotating from corner to middle. Because if you look at it, Poku's obviously very good. He gets blocks and picks them up here. But if you look at what he's done with Giddy and Shea this year, they've kind of played the same sort of role, just sitting on the back line. They come over, rotate quite hard down to the middle. And they always seem to pick up a deflection or a block. I think Shea's even leading the team in blocks this year. And a lot of that is a schematic decision by Dags. And I think he's just done a fantastic job in knowing his personnel and knowing exactly how to where to put them so that he gets the most out of them. Also, well, another thing to credit Mark with is the amount of offensive boards that we get as well. Like Josh Giddy's got more this year than Joel Embiid and there was somebody else who was fairly high calibre as well. He wouldn't have expected to have that. But Yanis, got, I think so. Yeah, I think it might have been Yanis. But Josh Giddy, Poku, Bays are rolling in offensive boards this year, and that's due to their positioning. So it's certainly a very good thing. Even Trey Mann gets gets one or two a game. It's down to their position, and I, th- I think it's certainly a credit to Coach Dagnall. Um So it, we have to talk about Mr. Incredible at the minute, and that's obviously SGA. He's been absolutely on a tear recently. Probably He's, aver- he's like first in... Um, field goals made since the All-Star break in the league, which I think is an incredible stat. But he's been so impressive. He does exactly what he should be doing all season in attacking the basket, which is what he's good at. And he has an exceptional reach in terms of takeoff and getting the ball toward the basket for the layup. But Janelle, I'm sure you're absolutely going crazy for SGA at the minute. It's Unbelievable, I think, is the best way to describe it. If you look at how he's scoring, I, I, I struggle to really find the words because he's hitting from all three levels at the moment while being incredibly efficient. I know that his three-point numbers don't necessarily indicate that, but that's partly because he takes lots at the end of quarters, which are buzzer beaters or something like that, or end of last possession off the quarter shots, which, you know what, you're talking from shooting from 80 feet, and yes, that will drag the percentages down. But to me, it's just how he's changed his shot diet. If you look at what it was, his three-point numbers are slightly down. He's going to the rim a lot more. He's sort of prioritizing that two-pointer. Because I think he's now realized that, okay, hunting the step-back three or the side-step three is good and it's useful to have. It's a very good skill. He's now trying to figure out how to integrate that into the flow of the offense. And I think he's done a better job at that. Uh, I've also noticed that if you look at his mid-ranges, his mid-ranges numbers are up about... shots per game over the last five games. 
he's taking more mid-rangers and he's using that little elbow shot that he first used in Chris Paul's season. When Chris was here, you'd often see Shea pick the ball up as a secondary ball handler, drive into the paint, do a little setback from the elbow and beat the defence. And because he's thrown out so many different options that the defence, it's hard for them to know how to guard him. Do they pack the paint on him? Do they press him up high with two and try to, you know, double him and force him out of his flow of the offense? Or do they have to try to work out how to guard him in the mid-range? When he's playing like this, he's unguardable. And it's just benefiting him and the rest of the team. Like, his assist numbers are up. His rebounds are up. His shooting is way up. His efficiency is way up. It's just like a multiplier. It just keeps going up and up and up. And it's just fantastic to watch it at the moment. It's like we keep saying, SJ after the All-Star game, he done it last year, he's done it this year. He obviously doesn't like being snubbed and he's taken it personally and just he's taken that out on NBA contenders, not just contenders for the playoffs, NBA championship contenders in the Jazz and Denver to be to name two teams he's gone and scored 30-plus on. He's, it's exceptional. And the way he does it as well, he makes it look so easy. Yes, he gets hammered a few times in the paint when he's making his layups and stuff, but... He makes it look so easy. He really does. Harry, SGA, excited? I am. That, like you said, you know, that mid-range step back, It's since the All-Star break, every time he does it, it's like, that. That's you know it's going in before it's going in. That's how, like, good his shot has been since the All-Star break and how well he's been playing. Every time he does that two-dribble, little little left-hand bounce step back over the, uh, over the defender, it just it's just beautiful. But the thing that's impressed me as well is his rebounds and assists are oh, he's averaging I think almost like about five assists a game. But since the All Star break, he's been putting up some ten ten assist night, eight assist night, which is really good because he's not only he's only scored he scored over thirty in I think like six of the seven six of the last seven games. So he's doing that while putting up eight assists, seven assists, ten assists. So he's doing more than just scoring the ball, which is really good to see, as well as rebound. It's, it's, it's good. To, not, I'm not saying he didn't step up earlier in the year, but it's good to see him step up because the team ain't exactly strong at the minute. We've got like six, seven, eight players out or questionable. So it's good to see him go on the tear when you're looking around the team and you think, oh, who's who's the second guy that's going to score 15 tonight? It's, it's hard to call. You really don't know who it's going to be. But yeah, it's, it's certainly been very impressive. Um, to see SGA carry on this form and long may it continue. We want to see him continue to progress. It's, it just doesn't even... It excites me, but I'm getting used to it now. Like I just wish the rest of the league knew how good this guy is. Like There's so many people that thought he was going to get traded. And it's, it's just crazy. You guys don't know how good SGA is. As well, we're talking about how good we think players are. I want to talk about the two guys relatively new to the team, Olivier Saar and Lindy Waters. Obviously, we talked briefly about Lindy before we came on, and it, it sounded like all three of us are very high on Lindy, as I learned this week. Don't know how it completely missed me that he's from Oklahoma. Can't believe that. that just didn't know that knowledge, but I think he's been exceptional. He's got a very good-looking shot, and his hustle and grind is second to none so I'm especially excited about him and hope to see him around for a, a bit longer than what we're going to get him for but Olivier Saar I don't, don't really have much of an opinion on him at the minute he's not taken my fancy as much 
at the minute, especially compared to Lindy. But it's it's good to see a, a big guy get get a chance with the Thunder, especially being so young. Look at the chance that we gave Moses Brown last year, and I'm a bit gutted to the way that his career has panned out from there. So I thought we had a if he sorted his footwork out, I thought Moses Brown would have been a good centre. But obviously, other teams didn't think the same. I know Janelle was shaking his head now and thought the same, but. Yeah, I've got no opinion really on Olivier yet. But what about you, Janelle? I know you obviously said you like Lindy, but what about Olivier? He's fine. He's decent. I think he's he's a serviceable big man who's just kind of he's okay. He does a bit. He's a bit like Jaden Horde was last year. Like he's just kind of all right. I don't really have particularly strong feelings towards him. I, in an odd way, I kind of think the move was motivated by with obviously. He's French. I think he went to the same school as Terre Maladon in terms of, and they've sort of played on the French national team as, you know, the junior team a couple of times, or actually quite frequently during their sort of youth career. I kind of think maybe it's a case of acclimatisation and just trying to see, basically pan the European waters to see if you can find another player, another piece you can add. A bit like with Vit and a bit like with Gabriel Deck, except, you know, Saar is 22, 23, and he did play college ball for... I think Kentucky and Wake Forest. If we didn't bring him back, I wouldn't be that surprised. I just think, you know, you've got to give, you've got to take a chance on sort of low risk opportunities at this point in time. And that's kind of what he is. Uh, Lindy, I look like to me in terms of players, like from what he represents. So he's from Oklahoma, but he's of Kiowa and Cherokee descent. That's his heritage. He's of native American heritage. And you think about in a state like Oklahoma, like, the amount of Native American tribes that are here, and you know, you've got the Trail of Tears and all this kind of stuff, right? He's very much bonded to the land in a sense with his heritage and who his ancestors are. And then we get a guy like him who's a shooter, who's also kind of coming around a bit as a defensive player. He's just like a pure shooter, can catch, can shoot off the bounce. A bit like what Alex Abrinas was for the Thunder in a way. And we've not really had that in a long time. And it's such a useful tool to have. If you look at how... I know this is the most stereotypical example, but if you look at Kyle Corfer and how Atlanta used him just to get you, you know, two, two or three quick buckets from downtown, you know, you cut a lead from, say, 12 down to six within a minute. It changes the complexion of the game. And I like that sort of ability. He's, he's a micro scorer who's very efficient from downtown marksman. And yeah, I feel more positive about him than I do about Saar. We'll have to be honest. Yeah, I feel that's the vibe with a lot of the fan base. Harry, are you the same or are you seeing something a bit different with Olivier? No, I'm seeing the exact same. Like you said, um, it's a small risk that oh, that could pay off with a high reward. Okay, so they've done that a lot with like Takari Johnson. Centres like that we bring in for a season, see what they're like. I'm actually, just, just, to, um, just to say, uh, I think Moses Brown was a great centre. And I was actually quite upset when we traded him. But yeah, um, players like Takari Johnson, bring him in for a season, see how they do. They play okay. There's no point bringing him back. We can probably pick up someone else in the draft that's just the same level as him. But with Waters, um, yeah, he pretty much covered everything. I'm really impressed with the way he's playing. He's not having very many minutes, but when he comes on, he looks confident. He's shooting, the sh- he's shooting his shot when he gets it. He had a few nice um, buzzer beaters the other game. Yeah, he just looks like a really... Well-rounded player. I'm, I'm excited to see a lot more of Lindy. That's for sure. Like 
it's, it's such a breath of fresh air for a player to come in like that and hit the ground running pretty much straight away. He hasn't done a lot wrong. Um, I wanted to ask as well about Vit. I've been seeing more of Vit recently than what we have done so far. And I'm yet to see anything special. Is that me being harsh, Janelle? Obviously, I know you all know a bit about Vit, um, especially more than what I'll know, but are we yet to see anything special from him? Are we? Am I expecting to see anything more from him? I think with Vit, it's a case that, okay, so when Thunder took him in the second round last year, he was coming off either an ACL or a meniscus history or meniscus injury. I can't remember which one. So he basically spent an entire year rehabbing the injury. Then he played a little bit in the G League, but not really sparingly. So this is like his first real like run of extended minutes that he's had in a while. So obviously he's shaken off that part of the rust. I think it has what there's to like about him. I actually quite like his passing. I don't necessarily think he's not like he's not got fantastic passing vision. He's not like a giddy or a Shea. You're even like a Kenrich Williams for that matter. But he's just incredibly solid and reliable. Like he seems to pick the right pass out at the right moment. I have faith that his shot will come around. I like him as a player. I think he's a good punt. And I'd like to see him perhaps stay on the team, you know, another year. It's just sort of maybe 13th, 14th man, just to see how he develops and see how he comes on. If he owns a place next year in the Thunder's rotation and he actually makes a real case, then yeah, great. But other than that, to me, he's just another one of these players that we've taken a flower of in the second round to see what he can do. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's no means me saying I've given up on him or whatnot already. I just don't know really what to expect from him, especially on a team when we are very guard-heavy. Like We have, what, seven, eight guards? and then I mean, I like the idea of what Vic could be. He's a six, seven forward, effectively, point forward. And he's shown those skills in the past in the EuroLeague with the Czech Republic and all this kind of stuff. I like the idea of what he could be. We just haven't really seen it from him yet. I mean, that's fair. So hopefully he carries on getting some minutes and we get to see a bit more from him and see if there's anything to get excited about. Um, so what we'll talk about now before we move on to a couple of segments that we're going to do is obviously something absolutely huge happened to OKC UK this week. Um, for closure, we're still not allowed to talk about it, which is really annoying because it's been four days since the event happened. Um, and I'm fed up of telling people that I can't tell you or I don't want to ruin it. There's a few people that know, obviously you guys know. Uh, Brandon, who's not here this week, knows all my closest friends who like NBA that I know personally. I've obviously told them. But it was something that was absolutely crazy and when I received a message for such thing that we're talking about it was absolutely mind-blowing it's weird because I'm trying to talk and not give anything away so it's, it's hard because I'm trying to think about what I'm saying but at the end of the day it was a dream come true and I said it before we came on I said it in the group chat after I got said message that this isn't something that happened just for me this is something that happened for the brand in commas, OKC UK. Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened without uh, Janelle, Harry, or Brandon. Brandon's been here since the very start of the podcast. Janelle joined after a couple. Harry's been here for a few now, so I'm thankful for you guys. But due to how big it is, obviously I've teased it on Twitter. It's absolutely huge. You guys know what it is. 
how can you excite the listeners if they're going to listen? Because I'm going to release this pod as soon as it's finished. So those listening, just back me up. How big was it, Janelle? I mean, it's kind, is massive. And it was kind of totally out of the blue. And it's one of those things that honestly don't think you'd ever expect, particularly from an organisation like Thunder. A team like Thunder, yes, they engage the community and all this kind of stuff, and that's all very well and good. But, like, it's incredibly tight. And, like, I don't really want to say more than that, other than that, I was just, when I found out the news, I was shocked. I literally looked at my phone, stood up, you know, absolutely shocked. I got out of my office chair, stood up. I was like, what the heck is this? My work colleagues all thought I was going mad. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant, to be honest. Amazing. Yeah, that's how you reacted. I'd, like, I, I was about to make a cup of tea just before I got off the sofa. I saw my phone light up, literally looked at it. No way is that real. Clicked on it properly, saw it was real. Phone got flung. Missus got a right hook in excitement. I'm joking. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't batter my missus. I'm joking. It's International Women's Day. I love her to pieces. Um, but it was. I can't, I can't explain that feeling. Um, it's one of those, hopefully next week if we record again and the news is out, I can talk about it properly, which I'm sure we will. But Harry, how did, how did you yeah. take the message? Mad. Absolutely mad. I was, obviously we're never going to be as shocked as you were, but instantly, as soon as you put that message, showed it to my girlfriend, I was like, no way. And she was, she knows how much I love OKC. And she was just, completely mind blown myself so everyone be ready i'm excited to see what it is i know what it is i'm excited you to know see what it is <laughs> no i worded it wrong i'm excited to see the, the final reactions. product yeah. yeah yeah just be just, just wait just wait hopefully soon hopefully i was i expected an email yes uh last night but actually at the time of recording five days after said event it's still not heard anything, but it's come, It's something very official. So obviously, I'm I'm giving it a bit of leeway in before I send another email. But yeah, moving on, just to tease everyone a bit. Um, I wanted. To, so, so I've had a good mate of mine message me and said, you know what would be a good segment, and that's to talk about other teams in their rebuilds and where they're up to, where do we think we are compared to them. Um, so I've got four teams that I wanted to talk about in terms of their rebuild being Houston, the Pacers, the Magic and the Pistons. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think we're certainly a bit further than all of those teams, but there are some teams with some good youngsters already. You go to the Pistons. Pistons obviously got Cade. They've got a all-star last year in Jeremy Grant, who I still think is a very good player, by the way. I do think he's very underrated. Um and then they've still got a couple of nice youngsters in Sadiq Bay, for example. Um, so, yeah, the Pistons, I don't think, are too bad. I think if, well, they're, they're probably going to get another high pick if they get one of the big three next year in the draft, along with Cade and Jeremy. You'd expect them to maybe have a go in free agency. The Magic have already got Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, who's incredible, I think. Certainly showing a lot of talent. So the Magic, I think, have started off their rebuild very well. They still got Jonathan Isaac to come back, who I think Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, he's he's a forgotten. Yeah, 
Jalen Suggs is a forgotten man for me. When I think of the magic, I always forget about him. Don't know why. No disrespect to the guy. I just never seem to hear about him. Uh, the Pacers were obviously the newest team to the rebuild, trading Sabonis and f- somehow getting a player of Tyrese Halliburton's calibre back. I think it's an exceptional start. Not No disrespect to Sabonis. I do think he's a great player, but how the Kings were stupid enough to give up Halliburton is beyond me. I think he's exceptional. So the Pacers are still early days. I don't know what they're like in picks, but the Pacers are a bit of a nothing franchise. And then uh, you look at Houston. Obviously, we all pretty much hate Houston, the fan base, but they got a couple of exciting talents. That Josh Christopher has been someone who's been um, exciting me. I know my Houston mate is very excited by him as well. Um, Janelle's best friend, who he loves to talk about, Schengen, is a special talent. It's, he's it's going to be on his gravestone. Why did we get? Why did we pass on Schengen? Why did we trade that pick? Um, and then Jalen Green, I'm really not sold on Jalen Green. I'm not a fan whatsoever, and and I have seen games of him. I'm just I'm just not a fan of his game. And I think he entered the league with awful attitude as well, throwing shade on Detroit. But Harry, how how do you see those four teams? The team I'm most excited for is the Pistons. Out of them, um, yeah, like you said, Cade started off the season. It was like he, he really didn't start off very well and then now he's he's playing like the player everyone thought he would be. But with the players that they have around him, Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Grant, um, who else did who else did we say? Diallo. Yeah. Um Yeah, Diallo, Kelly Lennon. They're only and they're, they're obviously still a really bad team, record wise. So they're still gonna get a top five pick. That's if they get unlucky in the draft, probably have moved to five. And then, yeah, they only, if they get like, let's say, oh, Chet, someone, I don't know what positions they're needing at the minute, probably a shooting guard, maybe. Point guard. I think then, if you look at, they've tried with Killian Hayes, hmm. but I, I don't see it with him. If it yeah. was me, I would take Jaden Ivey and play him at the one. And then you've yeah. got Grant, Cade, and Diallo and Sadiq Bay. It's I think it's pretty and you got Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart to play, you know, the centre. Like this that's decent. That's a good yeah, line. They have a real and contracts on them aren't much so like you said, they're only not even a star player away. If you can bring in like a trying to think of a mid-level free agent kind of player, but if you bring in another Jeremy Grant, let's say, that's a really good team. Um, Houston, not too. I, I just don't like Houston in general. But like you said, Jalen Green, not a fan of him. I think he, I think he's too selfish on the ball a lot of the time. And the reason I don't like him as well, when he passed, when he did that three point shot in the Rising Stars game, I don't know if you remember that. Josh Giddy's team, we only needed a layup, but yeah, yeah, again, that just shows his selfishness. But other than that. Pacers, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do because I don't think they have many picks. But yeah, like you said, picking up Tyrese Halliburton is just crazy. For Sabonis, who is only, I think, 25, 26 himself. So, but I just think Halliburton's potential and upside is a lot more than Sabonis's, as we know what we're going to get with Sabonis, which is a lot of points and a lot of rebounds. He's a great player, but 
I don't know why Kings gave up Halliburton so early anyway. Uh, yeah, it's got, got to add as well. So obviously there's two people now kind of throwing shade on Jalen Green. And I know my mate will listen to me and send me a message in absolute disgust. I'm a fan of his offensive game, but yeah, he's, he's selfish. He's, he's just not doing enough for me. He's got a good shot. He scores points, but I'd, I'd like to see a lot more from him. Um, Janelle, I know you'll probably have a lot to say on the rest of these teams because I know you probably will watch more NBA compared to what me and oh, I can't speak for Harry than what me and Harry do in terms of the rest of the league. But what, what's your thoughts on those four teams? So I think for me, I, I want to start off with the Magic. I think that they did really well with getting Franz Wagner. I think he's really. He's a quad, like he's really good. Cole Anthony's starting to come along nicely. I, I do kind of, I'm a bit thinking about what they want to actually do in terms of if they get their player, who do they actually want to take? I personally think Jabari Smith would be a very nice fit on their roster, but that's kind of, uh, that's kind of just personal choice. But I kind of think with them, they're at the start of a long road. They're kind of, if you look at them, state their stage in a rebuild, right? They're kind of a stage behind the Thunder and even the Pistons, to be honest. I really like Cade Cunningham. Uh, even uh, before the draft, I was a bit hesitant to put him on number one because I didn't know if his shot would translate. And, okay, he was very patient, very methodical, dominated the game in college, but those players can be a little bit deceiving. If we look at, say, Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker or Marvin Bagley, those are all players that did really well in college. And then they kind of flattered to deceive a bit in the NBA. But with Cade, there's really none of that. He's just incredibly polished, shoots well, passing is already very, very like veteran-like level, like phenomenal. Game slowed down for him. Yeah, I saw a clip the other day that was shared by I think one of the Pistons beat writers, so I follow. And if you look at how he slows down and puts people in jail, creates that separation, sort of baits them almost, putting them in a position where they can't actually touch him. And then just uses that to then to find the pass and draws the people like he's fantastic to watch already. They got guys like Diallo there, Jeremy Grant, who's kind of more the veteran in the group. Their core is nice. I like their team quite a lot. Indiana to me is the one which I think, in terms of business that they did at the trade deadline, it was superb. I, I know that Domas is already is a great player, fantastic. You know, you look at his numbers, what he does, his impact on the team. He's a great player, but like they traded two years of Domantas Sabonis, who there was never really any guarantee that he would resign. Sorry, resign. Uh, sorry, resign, I should say. For what could be six years of Tyrese Halliburton. And Halliburton's only going to get better. And he's already a player who can average a double-double. You know, we're talking about 16 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Like, he's already a smart young player to have. You put him next to Brogdon and you give him Miles Turner, who's a defensive anchor, who's, you know, really good pick-and-roll big man and can kind of shoot a little bit. Like, there's a makings of a really solid team in there. Whether they actually can go all the way, that's a different thing altogether. But I definitely think they've got potential to be a playoff team. And then we come to Houston, which I like Jalen Green as a player. I think they picked him too high in the draft. If you look in retrospect, right, how different is Jalen Green to Trey Mack in terms of impact? I've seen that comparison on Twitter a lot this week. Because I feel like Trey Mann gives you 90% of what Jalen Green has. But with Jalen Green, they took him at two. 
And if you think about the opportunity cost of taking someone like him at two in this draft, that meant that you wouldn't get uh, Evan Mobley, you wouldn't have got Jalen Soggs, Scotty Barnes. You're sorry, Mobley would have gone by that point because I think the Cavs went number one, right? No, Mobley was three. So Cade Mobley was, was one. So you took about so then that's Barnes, Mobley, Soggs, Giddy, Wagner. Kuminga, you've missed out on taking now all these players that have got serious potential to take Jalen Green. And to me, like I look at his skill set, I like his scoring, I think he's a fantastic athlete. If you look at his second verse, it's brilliant. I just don't know whether he was should have been that high up in the draft, possibly because he's a scorer. Uh, I don't really like their coach. I think Steven Silas is pretty shit, to be honest. He likes playing his vets too many minutes which means that players like Shengun don't actually get any runtime. To me, he's really the only player on their team I like. I think Josh Christopher's kind of okay, but I don't see it with Houston. If they've got, they've got an owner who's cheap, they've got a coach who's not particularly good, and they've got vets that are trying to shift out who aren't that great, and they've got a bunch of me-first guys, their rebuild might take longer than I thought, and they're not in a better position than the Thunder, I don't think. So that leads me perfectly on to the next question. So Janelle, coming straight back to you, if you were to rank those four teams plus OKC in terms of where they are in the rebuild, or let me put it this way, who's going to be a contender first out of us five teams? Put them in order, one to five. Uh, one to five would probably be the Pacers because they've already got veteran players. And to be honest, I don't really think it's a rebuild. I think it's more of a retool. So you've... So that's you saying the Pacers would be quickest to be in a contender, yeah? Uh, depends on how you, it does. What winning a championship or being a playoff team? We'll go. For, we'll go championship in terms of what they have and what they got. Since we're talking about rebuilds, we'll talk about championship because you, in at the end of the day, you rebuild to try and win a championship. Okay, so I don't ever think they'll as they're presently constructed. I don't think they've got enough because. I like Malcolm Brogdon. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I like Miles Turner. They're all nice players who I like, but they haven't got one of those sort of great elite players who can really make a difference, like a Kawhi Leonard or a James or even a Durant for that matter. Uh, so that's kind of a concern for me. In, in truth, if you're going to go down the list of the five teams, including the Thunder, the only person who you can possibly put in that category, well, maybe two people at the moment, would probably be Kate Cunningham and Shay Gilgis Alexander. Those are only really the two. Uh, so if you're going to go on that basis, then I think the Thunder would probably either be one or two with Detroit. And then the Pacers would probably be probably about three. I think Houston's about five. Orlando is still a ways off. I mean, they still need two good players at the very least. Like, okay say they get Jabari or they get Banchero or any brothers, but I still think they need a couple more pieces. So it, to me, it would be Detroit, Oklahoma, one, two, Pacers, three, and then Magic, four, and then Houston, five. Mine would be pretty much the same, but I'd have, I'd have Orlando, three, Pacers, four. I do think Pacers will lead towards a rebuild, especially if what I thought and what Harry said about their picks, they haven't got a lot of picks. So I do, I do think that they could do with going towards a rebuild. They're, they're pretty much like the Sacramento Kings, but we don't talk about them because they're irrelevant. Nah, but, they make the playoffs. <laughs> I think... I think, they'll, I think they're going towards a full proper rebuild. I think Miles Turner will be traded in the off-season. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say if... Because if you look at 
Indiana's team, they actually have pieces which you need in a contending team. Buddy Heald, come on, give you points. Chris had I don't know how you say his second name, Durate? Chris Durate. He's he's a good rookie. They picked up, was it Jalen Smith? Jalen from the Suns, they picked him up, which a few years down the line could give you something. He's, he's, he's played well since he's come to since he's come to Indiana. So if they keep the players two seasons down the line, I think that they'll be quite good if they can pick someone up. But I do think I agree with Tom with, I think Miles may be traded. I think Buddy's contract may be traded just for some picks for Buddy Heald. Um, yeah, so OKC, ranking them. So I'm going to rank them. I think Detroit won because I think they're only two seasons away. But so OKC maybe. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the exact same as you guys. One, two, OKC, Detroit. I think um, Magic, Houston are last, Magic are fourth, and Indiana are third. I do think the Thunder and Detroit, as you both rightly have said, we're, we're pretty equal. Um, but OKC just have obviously, 50 more draft yeah. picks than Detroit, which is... Which was why you could put us at one, maybe. Yeah, I I, I do think after the twenty twenty three draft, that's when we start going all in because that's when it's going to be hard to. Because obviously we've got four picks in that draft class. What do you think? We'll, you think after. we're going to trade loads of picks for a player? What do you think? We're gonna we're gonna have to because we can't we can't yeah. use them all. We've got way too yeah. many. Otherwise, we're just going to constantly have a, a team full of youngsters every year. It's got to get to the point where we're going to have to. It's going to have to be. Our free agency will be signing trades because mm-hmm. it has to be, and we'll be trading away some of the players, the likes of Baisley, Ty Jerome, Maladon. Those players will unfortunately go, but that's the way the league. But goes. that year we have four first-round picks. It's... Imagine trading three of them and a player for like someone really good. Yeah, because I think that... we still have two seconds in that as well. So it's like, I think. I th- to me, the way if you look at the timeline as it is, so Shea shot, so Shay signed his extension that started that will kick in next year. So 2023, that's five years on his deal, or however long it is, four years. So it runs out 2027. Realistically, for Thunder, if they're gonna trade him, if they want to pursue that sort of strategy, they have to be good by 2025. Because you don't want to trade a guy with a year left on his contract because you won't get anything for him. And then we're back in the same situation. And you don't want to let him walk. So it has to be by 2025. So consolidation trade in 2023, I can it makes a lot of sense to me. And to be honest, if it was you have to push in four or five different picks to get somebody, why not go for it? I firmly believe that with DeAndre Ayton in the summer, why not give him the picks and the players and just go and get him? He's the best centre on the market that he can go get. Phoenix don't seem to want to pay him. Like, is DeAndre Ayton worth the max? Yeah, I think so. I would I would give DeAndre Ayton money as well. We yeah, need a centre. And how old is he? 22, 23? He's young. He fits the... Pro- he's already a two-way force. If you look at what he's done... He's really playoff. good. I would, I would only throw all the money at Ayton... If Sam Presti didn't want Victor Wembanyama, if if Presti didn't want him because he's he's the head of the 2023 draft, if he didn't want him, then 
by all means throw the money at. But if Pressy wants to wait for that young centre and take a chance on... I get scared with centres like that, skinny, long. I just get scared when, when you've drafted them into the NBA. I don't know, I just get just get worried. Like I, I'd rather take chances. I'd rather take a point guard that I know, like a... Yeah, a good point guard over because I just don't know if he'll be able to play in this league, even though he's playing unbelievably well this season for whoever, whatever team is at. I, my concern with Wemba Yama is that if you commit to taking him in 2023, then that only really gives you two years to build a team, to develop him as a player, to bring Giddy along, all of these kind of things to get the role players and get all the pieces in place to actually be in like a competitive team by 2025. Then you're talking from going from being that you have to be from going from being like a lottery team bottom of the standings to being like a playoff team with second round hopes, you know, a deep playoff team within two years. And I don't like that time frame. It depends. If do you want to keep Shea or do you not want to keep Shea? That's is he not getting drafted this year? Is he not in this? Is it... Yeah, is he in next year? Twenty-three. Oh, I didn't know that. Is him and Scoot Henderson who are the two big ones? I think. Uh... I don't think Scoot's coming out this year. I think he's coming out next year. And Shady and Shop or Shady and Shop. Oh yeah. Is it? I'm I'm very big on the Niama, so I I have been keeping an eye on him when I can. Um. But no, it's it's good to talk about where we are in the rebuild. I do I do think twenty twenty three after that draft, that's when we start throwing our money and throwing our picks. I think that's when it, it perfectly suits the timeline as well. I know we all talk about it. So we'll finish this week as always, as we have done recently. We'll finish off with the rebranded Janelle's fundamental trivia. But so Janelle, over to you. You are now the host. Do you have your own right. music yet? I don't think I do. If I've got my own music, I mean, this is the first time finding out about it. So, um, dun, 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 fundamental trivia. How was that? Pretty good, actually. Not gonna lie, I was quite impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, I put a hundred pound on it. I won't be able to replicate it in the next podcast. <laughs> we'll have a different theme tune every single week. Yeah, Why not? special. <laughs> Um, so we talked about this player early on in the pod. So what team did Vic Krejci play for before joining Oklahoma City Thunder? So you've got three choices for this answer, right? So your three are, so number, so number one is uh, Basket Zaragoza. Yeah, Zaragoza, final answer. B is Unica Malaga. And C is Basket Valencia. Zaragoza was in my head straight away, so I'm locking that in and I'm sticking with my head. Well, I'll let you have the point. Out of them three, I would have said that because I don't. I know he didn't play in Spain, but yeah, I'll lock in that one, but I'll let Tom have that point because he got it before me. Zaragoza's in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounded more Czech than Sevilla, whatever you said is the third one. Malaga, not, whatever you said. Not, you're not heard of the football team, real Zaragoza? Oh, shit. Yeah, my yeah. I thought it was oh, a non-football well. pot. I thought football was banned. It is banned. Actually, we're yeah. allowed to talk about it now. We won, so we can talk about it. It was Aragorn, yeah. though, right? Yeah, it was. I actually knew something. Get in. Okay, so what college did Kenrich Williams play for? So your answers are A is TCU, 
B, SMU, C, Texas Tech. Just tell me the whereabouts of the first two, please. So, A, so TCU, Texas Christian University is in Waco, Texas. Yeah, B, just what, SMU just what stand for. is in Southern Methodist University. That's in Dallas. And then C, Texas Tech is in Lubbock, Texas. I'm going to go with B. SMU. Okay, so Harry's locked in there, SMU. Tom? I'll go A. Tom, you are correct. It is Texas Christian University. I finally win in a segment I created. Get in. <sighs> okay, we talked about Lindy earlier, and that got me thinking about shooters that Thunder have had in the past. And coincidentally, sort of more Spanish players. How many Spanish players have played for Oklahoma City Thunder? There is no multi choice this one. This one I just thought was quite simple. Simple? Is that like... I thought it was pretty simple, to be honest. You're going to try and trick me and say, just Alex? Is that your final answer? I'm I'm going to say the same, but Harry can have the points he said it first. I can't. I just... No, two. I can't fit. Oh yeah. Did he Did he I play can't. for us? Did Jose play for us? Jose who? Calderon. Oh yeah, I don't think he did. Why is he in my head? I feel like there might be a second one. No, I'm being different. I'm going to say there's a second one. Okay, so Harry said one. Tom, you have said two. Tom, this week you have got the clean sweep. It is two. It's not it Jose is... Calderon, is it? No. It's Alex Abrines and Sergio Ibaka. He's from Congo. Oh. He's from Spain. He played for Spain at the Olympics. Yeah. Really? I did not yeah. even know that. Yeah. You know he plays for Spain as well. Didn't even think of it. So, Tom, you've won. I was, I was By a combination of general knowledge and sheer dumb luck, you have won this week. I think it's your first win this week. So I mean, hey, I, I'm just happy I knew the answer to one of them. <laughs> I, ge- I generally actually knew that Vic came from Zaragoza. That's why I said su- when you started saying the question, I was like, Zaragoza, Zarag- please say Zaragoza. And then he said it first, and that's why I had to go, yeah, Zaragoza, final answer. Harry, go away. I win. <laughs> no, Janelle. How do you feel? Fa- you finally won one. <sighs> Mate, I'm ecstatic. I'll just, just, I'll be more happy though if we get Brandon in and there's three of us. If I beat three of you, oh, mm. well, two, two others. Then, Harry, how are you feeling in defeat? I mean, that's twice now I've been clean swept. So my 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 general knowledge is just god awful. All right, mate, don't cry about it. So maybe, maybe next time. Does Janelle just win every single one, though? I was going to say I could do it, and Janelle could join. Oh, well, this, this is why, this is why Janelle is now the host of it. Yeah, I assume that because <laughs> it because it seems me, you, and Brandon have roughly the same knowledge. Brandon should have a little bit more being from out there, but Janelle's just a, a brain for the NBA, so it's just it's fairer for him to ask the questions. But no, thank you as always, Janelle. And that's, as always, it's the final segment for this week. And that brings an end 
to the 25th episode of Fundamentals. Janelle, Harry, thank you as always for joining me. It's been another great discussion. And as always, guys, remember to thunder up.